Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we go. It's done. Monaco is over. It's in the books. And uh, here we are back at She Loves the Grid. I am Claire. And I'm Diane. And what a race weekend it was. <laughs> It was. I, I I have to say, I have the most stressful weekend I've had watching a race. And I don't know why. Especially qualifying. I know. I was, like, I think because I was on my balcony and there's, you know, a bunch of, pub, you know, it's like right over a public area. I wasn't screaming at the screen that I was watching. But <laughs> it was a nail biter. It was a nail biter, to say the least. I feel like even today in the race, once it started raining, it, well, lap one with all the cars in the back. I mean, we'll get to all of this, but oh my it was a nail biter all the way through. So, I mean. I, I think, I think what did it for me, we talked about this was, um, and we'll, we'll get to all of this, but I think just to talk about it here, it was just the, we, I love that there's so many cameras. I love the technology yeah. geek. I love the technology. I love all the angles. I love being able to see the driver's eye view. But this had the most anxiety-riddled feeling because it's Monaco, because yep. the streets are so narrow, because it's just it's Monaco. And, and seeing it that you see why they are, they literally are the best drivers in the world. Because, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. there's how? And then I was... I was reading out just even during qualifying, trying to read out loud how quickly the speeds were going up to 180 miles an hour down to the 27 miles an hour. Yeah. And forth, up and down, up and down as they would hit the corners and come out of the corners. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I'm going to have a panic attack thinking about it. I think it's so scary. A couple of years ago, I drove from Sacramento in a small car. So it did not have obviously the power um, or anywhere close to the power of an F1 car, but from Sacramento to Tahoe. And there's a lot of like windy, I think of like the hairpin turn, right? So lots of that going kind of a two lane road. So last week I was saying how narrow the streets of Monaco are. I was joking and said four feet, but today, well, Buxton paced it off and it's 12 paces, which is so narrow. And that's how this road was. And I remember at the time thinking, how do the drivers do this? Because I am white knuckling it and going like 15, 20 miles an hour. 12 paces. Little, yeah. On these little. But that, to put that in perspective, 12 paces, when I was in the marching band, we had it to do, now they may not do this exact step, but kind of on average, we had to do an eight to five step. Eight steps was five yards. Oh, eight steps. The way we walked, eight steps was 15 feet. It's very narrow. Yeah. Very narrow. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But I think it's also so iconic. And it just seemed especially like I know Sergeant yesterday after qualifying was just saying what a thrill it was to drive, you know, on, on Monaco. Like to drive that track is just or the circuit, I guess I should well, say. Before I was even a big fan being there where we went on our cruise and, and stopped there, I was in awe of knowing 
that race cars were on that road and how wide. And I, I get giddy about just watching it going, oh, that's the crosswalk I walked over. I was there because I walked through the casino and it was at yeah. that casino, you know, and yes. not the hairpin turn, but the casino route that where they kept saying we're going through casino drive. That's the, the road I was on. I was like, oh, I've been there. I've got a picture of a Ferrari and a BMW and a Lamborghini sitting right there just yeah. in front of the casino. Like, ah, yeah. oh, I was there. So, um, just crazy but yeah the all right so yeah we should probably get into it but wow it just it was just like and it was just it was just over what it just two not even two hours ago so we're recording on sunday yeah. really closely after the race so it's i think very, we're both very close after of, the race but it's like oh really my goodness good. okay so going backwards just kind of heading into the week or middle of the week there was so much stuff happening so we had a lot of special helmets and then the livery. So McLaren um, had their 60th anniversary triple crown livery. It looked really sharp. So the back was the orange, which is their IndyCar, represents the IndyCar that won Indianapolis 500, which by the way is later today. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. And then the white part portion represented their car that won in Monaco. And then the black at the very front represented the car or the whatever that one Le Mans. So very, very beautiful. I know a lot of their fans were saying, can we just keep this the whole year? Can we just like use this the rest of the year? But they probably won't. Um, but let's see who all had special helmets. Oh, I like the did, Lando did, Nick did, Botas did. Charles and Arthur. So Arthur Leclerc is Charles Leclerc's brother. He drives an F2. I don't think... I think the curse is also affecting him. <laughs> like I, I don't think he had a great um, sprint. Or no, I think he was out. He was out at. I think they said lap nine. Right. Nine nineteen. It had a nine in it. Poor guy. So their helmet, though, I thought was so cool. So it was. It took after their dad's helmet. His was more colorful, but it had these stripes kind of around it. Very old school looking, I think, in a lot of ways. But they did it in the Ferrari colors because obviously Charles drives for Ferrari, but Arthur is also in, you know, in the Ferrari Academy. Um, and I just loved that. This being their home race, a nod to their dad. It was just uh I'm not crying, but like. <laughs> I like the I like the triple crown one too, being introduced yeah. here with being the Prince of Monaco and that the them allowing like the helicopter over and just the symbolism of the castle and whatnot. I, don't know, I just thought that was kind of a neat yeah. way to introduce it was in Monaco. Yeah, I, I thought it was it was definitely beautiful. And then we had the announcement by Aston Martin that they are going to be partnering with Honda starting in 2026. <laughs> Claire is rubbing her hands if you're not yes, watching. Yes, 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 yes. So I excited. Yeah, she is beyond excited. Um, so that's going to be really kind of interesting. Obviously Red Bull has Honda right now. Honda said they were jumping out of the F1 game. And so Red Bull is going to Ford for 2026, but Honda's apparently decided to stay in and Aston Martin has swooped them up. So <laughs> and Aston Martin already has a really fast car. I mean, it's, it's holding its own with, with, with Red Bull. Well, so to bring, that Red yeah. Bull, oh, I'm excited. I'm well, really Papa excited. Well, Papa Stroll, remember, we've talked about this early on in the season, but Papa Stroll said within five years, he wants a team that's going to be fighting for the championship. And they've really stepped up that timeline with how well Fernando's doing. Lance is also doing well, not necessarily today, but um, 
Fernando has been so consistent. Mm -hmm. They move into their brand new factory, I think this weekend, and they're still working on their wind tunnel. So they are setting themselves up for like success in the future. I mean, they are making moves. Um, but one thing Fernando is being a great mentor to Lance too, I think. Oh, I think so. Yeah. How could you not? He's a two-time world champion, like amazing. But one thing I thought was interesting is when the release came out, I don't know who it was, but somebody must be a president or something at Honda was talking about drivers. And they said, you know, they would not be opposed to Fernando having a seat with Aston Martin when they come on in 2026. And then they said they, they like the possibility of seeing Yuki in a seat because Yuki came up through the Honda program. But it just made me think like how much say do the like a Honda or even a Ford or whoever have in who is sitting in that seat. I mean, also Lance's dad owns the team. Um, and in 2026, who knows for Fernando will be 44. It doesn't sound like he's interested in stopping anytime soon. And I'm especially after this season, like why in the world would you want to stop right. racing? Uh, but it just kind of made me think like, do they, would they have that much sway that they would? I guess it depends on if they. I guess it depends on too if they're going to have a, a ownership percentage too into the team. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. So that was very very exciting. And then for Haas, this was their hundred and fiftieth race. I did not realize that. That was amazing. I heard that. It was like how how is that? That's amazing. They're the youngest team on the grid. The newest team, you know, like until 2026 when we get Sauber back. But um, yeah, it's isn't that kind of crazy? So their 150th race. It's been a ride for them. That is for sure. To say the least. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, when you consider. I'd love to see when we've got them slated to be a, a team spotlight. Because with Mercedes, you know, leaving and coming back. You know, but Haas is the newest. Mercedes has some age, but then again, they left, you know, yeah. or they, they only came back in 2014. So. That's, that's very, very true. And speaking of Mercedes, mm. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're back oh, to the rumors oh, of Lewis. So many rumors. I wish I could remember. I don't think, I don't remember who it was. Daily Mail, somebody, one of the, the papers oh. in England said, yeah, I know. And it might not be them, so like it could be somebody else. But somebody up there was saying that Ferrari is offering Lewis forty million pounds or whatever to go to Ferrari. Uh, as a Ferrari fan, like I am so tired of the rumors. Like because who's leaving my team? You can't get rid of my guys. And why would Lewis go to Ferrari? Even in today's race, the Mercedes did better. Ferrari is a shit show the last year and a half for the most part. Why? I'm going to have to put an explicit rating on the show now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's one little slip. It's one little slip. I don't cuss that often, golly gee. But, um, <laughs> no, you don't. I do. <laughs> but that's how strongly I feel about that. So why would Lewis leave Mercedes for that? I know. I know. It, it, I, I, it's, it's like, why it's it's weird and he's been with them for so long it's just yeah and he said he doesn't seem like the type that cuts bait i mean they've been struggling yeah. and he's stuck it out and he keeps saying yeah you know give it give it some time and you know yeah. we're waiting for the parts and we was going to show an emola and it's not a mercedes type show and 
But you know? speaking of their parts, like they brought their upgrades this weekend, which a lot of teams didn't bring all their upgrades because Monaco is such a different track. It's so slow. You really are focused on the downforce, but they brought it and they both finished what in the top five? They were fourth, uh, and fourth and fifth. Yeah. Fourth, fourth and fifth. fifth. And so, considering a lot of it has to do on how you start out, right? The thing yeah. is, if you looked at their starting grid, which is, well, I Russell think, is more nine. important. They were fifth and not, and eighth. Oh, they were fifth and eighth because after the yeah, right, so right. So they started fifth and eighth and just end up fourth and fifth. That's pretty good, yeah. Because Russell came up from eighth to fifth. I mean, come yeah. on, yeah, that's amazing. And it and at Monaco, right? There's no there's no passing in Monaco. Typically. Yeah, <laughs> and and there was big gaps in the front. You know, it wasn't like they were, I mean, there were periods where they were somewhat close to each other, but for the most part, it seemed like they were fairly decent size. Well, I take that back. Cause I think at one point there was just a second between Russell and maybe LeClaire. And then it, he was, Russell was fairly close to um, Hamilton for quite a bit. Cause I think for he was, was wanting till to the, overtake. So end. I take it back on that part, but till yeah. The end. A gap. But yeah, it's still, it's still the thing is, is that like they, they pass, they got ahead, and they advance, which is pretty. Yeah, does a lot for and considering the race with the rain and everything else that ended up happening. So exactly, but they had new side pods. So I posted a picture of that on our socials because it's like, cool. oh my gosh, actual side pods for Mercedes. And then they had some front suspension um, things. It's kind of hard to to talk about. I like. I, I, got it I thought that was cool though. They the uh, F1 TV did talk about that. How they actually took it and raised up the suspension. Yeah. Oh, the the front tires. And I think that probably really um, helped out with the the control, and it probably helps them out with a, a lot more with their um, and the steering and being able to maybe not lock up so much. Yeah. And it, as far as like how far that went, it wasn't, you know, like where it was initially put into the car versus where it is now just slightly uh, on top of the, the front wing that comes down. But what I thought was interesting is how they were saying, like, it looks minor, but that is absolutely not a minor change. It wasn't. There's so much work that has to go into it. You have to modify the chassis. There's like you had a, they had a short amount of time because they were getting that ready for Imola. So between um, Miami and then Imola, they had to do all of that. They have to put it back in a wind tunnel. They have to see how it performs. So you think like, oh, no big deal. It just moved from here to here. Huge deal. And Huge they deal. had to do it without spending a ton of money because of cost cap. Very so they true. were having to do it with the parts that they had without having to manufacture completely new parts and try to modify their parts versus manufacture brand new parts. Yeah, very, very true. And I never got around to listening. One of their engineers did um, a little video talking about how it's not ideal to bring upgrades to Monaco, but they didn't really have a choice, but I never listened to the rest of it. So I'm excited to see them in Barcelona to see, like, is there anything else? How does it perform on a track outside of, you know, a track like Monaco? So we'll see. That could have been what Mercedes needed to put them back in in. I mean, not necessarily the fight for the constructor, but put them back in the fight for the top two, three. Yeah, they showed well, which is nice, right? Really that was that was good. So they really did. And then, speaking of upgrades, I listened to an interview with Zach Brown um, this week, and he says they have more upgrades coming for it's either Austria or Silverstone, or maybe both. Like I couldn't 
I couldn't really tell. But anyways, um, he also said they're making more personnel changes. So we know that um, oh, it kind of seemed to come out of the blue, but a few, what, a couple months back, they made some changes. And he said um, there he wasn't ready to announce it yet, but they'll announce it soon. And those people will be joining them within the next nine months. But he really thinks that they are going to be in such a good place by the end of this year. They're already working on their 2024 car. So they're they're on the we're thinking ahead. We're thinking ahead mode. So another because you kind of see you don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of him in the press like complaining or making excuses or whatnot. I know a lot of that's kind of dramatized for the show, but yeah. you just don't see much of him of out Zach? there. So of Zach, I haven't seen much of him. Well, also, I think this week we haven't seen a ton of him because of the Indy 500 or maybe the last uh, couple weeks because they have four drivers in the Indy 500 this afternoon. That's a good so point. I don't, that's a good I don't point. even think he came. Yeah, I think I know they have an office in, in, in Indianapolis, so I'm sure he just stayed close yeah, to home. That's a good point. Yeah, I was going to say, like, point. I feel like we hear from Zach a lot, but <laughs> not lately. You are right about that. Not lately. Yeah, but that's, that's probably why. That's probably yeah. more of it. Yeah. And then what else? Williams had um, their rear wing was deeper and steeper. Yeah. Yeah. They talked, they talked about that. They talked about some changes yeah. on that. I don't know if it really, how that they didn't really talk about how that really impacted them. Cause they, I mean, their performance wasn't worse or better this week, but well, they did talk a little practice, bit about during practice. Alex was actually the fastest on like, no, that's true. straight, but I mean, the race and, and yeah, no, the rest of it, you're hundred percent right. But I mean, it's kind of hard to tell Monaco too, right? I mean, that's right. like I said, Monaco. It'd exactly. be interesting. It's Barcelona. What are we yeah. going to see in Barcelona? Yeah. And I don't know if they'll keep that same. I don't know. I mean, that was for the downforce. So I don't know if they'll keep okay. that for Barcelona or not. But, but, but the thing I was most excited about for Williams this week is they announced a contest for a golf livery back in Singapore. And this is so my bad because right now I'm remembering I wanted to send you pictures of these because I was absolutely obsessed two years ago. Golf was um, a McLaren sponsor and they came out with a special livery for Monaco. And the moment I saw it, I was in love. It was amazing. I wanted merch and I was working and I thought, oh, I'll come back and, and do that. It, the shirts were gone. It was all gone. Years later, I'm still trying to find that shirt and can't anywhere. Um, so anyways, they've come up with four different designs. They're all beautiful. And um, you can go and vote. So go to Williams, um, go to their website. You can vote. They do, um, they're pitting two cars and two cars. So this week you vote for between a heritage and I can't remember the other one. And then next week you vote between the two. And then the final two, you'll do another vote. So I will be buying Williams merch this year because I will be buying um, <laughs> a golf livery <laughs> shirt. <laughs> so I, I'm excited. I, I wish they would run a golf livery all the time. I think they do such a great job with those. So that was that. Um, yes. Yeah. Anyways. Well, into the into the weekend. We didn't even talk about how our weeks were. My week was a little crazy before we get into the race because I'm prepping for a vacay since you're coming. Yes. So, I know. That was, that was Me my too. Week. Me too. Work was busy because uh, for my work, we start a new fiscal year June 1st. I'll be gone. 
So just trying to wrap up a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and then we're, yeah, because we're starting a new fiscal year, there's different projects that I'm on that are kicking off and I'm like, well, sorry, <laughs> I'm gone. So other than that, it's just been spending time with my dogs because somebody will be here with them. But, you know, I just want to, my, my oldest dog is like 15. He's 15 or 16. We don't know. So just wanting to spend as much time with them and get ready and packing and all that good stuff. So. Because you're going to be here by the time we were talking about that. Because the way we publish, we record on Sundays, which is we're doing now. And then I get everything ready and it publishes by 9 a.m. Berlin time. And I think you arrive at 7 a.m. or so Berlin time. Something like that. So you will arrive before podcast publishes. So before anybody can even hear what we're talking about. (laughs) We'll be together. Which is crazy because it's the first time since we started the podcast that we will actually be in the same place. So Sorry, not sorry for all the content that's going to be hitting our social media <laughs> this week. Oh, we haven't seen each other in a few years, so I'm so excited. I know. That's even crazier to say out loud. Holy moly. I know. And since crazy. I lost all my weight, so. I know. All new pictures. All new pictures. All right. Crazy weekend that it was. I know. So practices, like, I don't know. We don't have to talk a lot, but there were definitely some crashes. We had Carlo crash. Carlos crashed in FP2. Oh, I was like, he it was just so good. I mean, like, the, the only thing it gave us was the opportunity for it not to be a blowout one to Red Bull podium. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, at least, well, not in practice, but at least in the, in the qualifying, right? I mean, at least that. I, I jumped in qualifying, but yeah, yeah no, that's okay. Us, but I agree with you. Yeah, in practice, Carlos crashed, and then um, McLaren did break their curfew um, on Saturday. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Saturday night, no, Friday night. But I don't know what they did. So they must have just been tweaking things because it obviously wasn't anything that caused any kind of a grid penalty or anything like that. So they had that, um, and then towards the end of FP3, we all know that Hamilton crashed. And so, you know how they use the crane to pick them up, move them. I had so much fun taking pictures of all that. Toto was pissed. He was so mad because they, we talked about the side pod changes. We talked about the front wing. They have also made some changes to their floor, but it's been pretty much kept under wraps. And then the crane takes the car up and all everybody's seeing the floor of the car. And everybody's talking about it all over social media. Look at the floor. Look at the floor. Look at the floor. And same with Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Same with Red Bull. Yeah. And and I'm sitting here going, huh, I didn't realize it was solid, completely solid underneath the car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I know. I, I know for sure that. Toto, he didn't know about Checo that happening to his car and qualifying that, you know, it was raised up on a crane. So he's like, oh, I didn't see that. But he's like, why? The session was over. Lewis ended the session FP3 with the red flag. There's only a couple minutes left. Why did they not just put that on a truck and bring it back to us? Like, what was the point of that? So, but then at the same time, he said, you know, don't go after the marshals or whatever. They're, everybody's doing the best that they can. Um, he just speaking of the marshals and the stewards i'm fascinated by the fact that they were talking about the the commentators that they practice i think they said six weeks prior to the race they get out there and they start practicing how to do that and if you really pay attention there were cranes littered all over the racetrack 
yeah. and, and all across it because they're ready to be able to just boop and pop those rate those cars up and out to be able to get them off quickly. So it was yeah. pretty fascinating. And um it was I forget whose car it was, it was Checo's or 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 their their um her whose because there was the different crashes there at the beginning. Um but one of them crashed right in front of Aaron and Senna Aaron and Senna's building. Oh. So that building there at the end that I took the pictures of, that that yeah, was yeah. his building that he lived in um, right uh, up until the time that he passed away and the, uh, the um, crash that he covered and the, the Mercedes spotlight. Oh. Or well, not the Mercedes spotlight, but when he crashed away, uh, when he passed when he passed away. The, the oh, in Yeah. Yeah. So he was living in Monaco, and that was the actually the building, that apartment building. He lived in that building. Got it. Okay. It was like the car kind of floating in front of you. That's so interesting. I, find, I, I posted it on our social about that, but that's where he was living when he, when he passed away. Oh, okay. Okay. I was cool. like, well, that's interesting. I said, I was like, fun fact. Well, it's not fun. I'll just put interesting. Interesting fact. <laughs> yeah. It's not a fun fact. It was fact, fun. For sure. But, um, but yeah, it, it was fascinating that they were talking about how much they trained to be able to, because it's like, they because so many of the other races that I've seen so far that when you have a red flag, it takes forever to get the car out. And they're like in strapped and it's up and out of the way so quickly. It's amazing. fascinating. Yeah. So this it's Monaco, so man, they know they've got it down to the plant. They really And do. I really paid attention how many cranes they had lining the streets. How many? Did you count them? No. Oh. But I did pay attention. <laughs> but they had a lot of them. I, I was so curious. I know. Humorous. I did. I did see him. Like, I know there's one by the hairpin, but I love that because, you know, like you said, we can get them out of the way and move on with the race. Like, it's so narrow. You just don't want cars, you know, obviously coming up and smashing into somebody else. But anyways, I don't that know. That was interesting about how that's like, I was wondering how many times they were just like, the other teams are just like, let's measure that and see what they're doing. Oh, they all were. Absolutely, they all were. And Adrian knew he's probably having a heart attack and the pit wall for Red Bull. Like, no, not my floor. <laughs> <laughs> not my floor. Oh, poor Adrian Newey. Well, it'll just give him something else to work on for next year um, after everybody starts copying. But there was a bunch of, there's a couple of things in there, you know, there was the talking about some issues in, in practice between that and um, I think Max had some struggles and. Um, oh, Max, totally. Yeah. Well, they said that for FP1, they tried a different type of setup. So I don't know what that was. I'm sure something to get more downforce or whatever, but clearly it did not work out the way they thought because they, neither one of them looked great in FP1. And then they came, they, reverted back to whatever they had done or they switched it up for FP2 and then they came out and were back in their usual yeah. red bull farm. Yeah. Yeah, because because <laughs> I don't know much more about for you know talking about practice but qualifying. Holy cow. Like nail biter. Just that Q1 was ridiculous. It was so intense and you were losing your mind. <laughs> I was. I was. I've never, I don't think I've posted yet on Facebook about watching F1 and, and alive. And I was just like, I had to, because it was just, yeah. it was killing me. It was cool. killing me. And like you I'm said, ahead of you. I'm ahead of you, but like, like we figured out like 20 oh. or so seconds. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, I can't put, I can't say anything to you. Yeah. No. It's just exclamation points. Uh, <laughs> That's all I get is like three exclamation points when Checo crashed. But that happened so 
early in Q1. I, I forgot to look, but I feel like that happened really, really early. Oh. And like you said, though, now listen, I love Checo. Like, I would have loved to seen him fighting for a repeat. I would have been Max that did them in the cash, but. I mean, every time. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but. But Checo, like, oh, that was a little bit heartbreaking. I could, I could not believe oh. it. So but- I think, I think, I think they, they like, it's almost like he got jinxed because all the hype. Oh, he's a street racer and he won last year. Da, da, da. I'm like, just shut up. Maybe people jinx him. But what was even crazier to me is like during that red flag, like you had your top three were Norris, Piastri, and Joe. No top three for during that red flag. I took a picture of it because I was like, I I literally cannot believe right now this is our top three for Q1. Like I could you could you imagine if that's like how it ended? And it's like because that and that's one of those things where I talk about the whole strategy about these 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 teams that wait till the last minute to push their their racers out. It's like what if it ended that way? Right. I mean, you can't end qualifying under a red flag, but still, like, it, it could have been, like, who knows? A thousand things could have happened. And Signs, once again, was at the, he was in the drop zone in, in Q1. And mm-hmm. he didn't pop he up until the very end. I was losing my mind. My boyfriend was looking at me because I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I know. I'm sitting there going, I I'm like, Diane's going to be losing it when she sees oh. this. I'm like, oh my gosh. I oh was so mad. And I just, I kept like, I guess, deep breathing and stuff. And um, <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing it. But I'm like, Carlos, Carlos. Um, Nick DeVries made it into Q2, which was pretty awesome. And guess who ended second place in Q1? Your, your global treasure. My global treasure, Yuki, was in second <laughs> place in Q1. Oh, I was so excited. Oh, Yuki. But who was out? Perez, obviously. Joe, both Hosses, K-Mag and Hulkenberg, and then Logan Sargent. Oh, poor Logan. I think you too. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) At least it seemed to calm down a smidge. I did, but still in Q2, I was starting to worry. Because, you know, again, it started out kind of slow, and you're like, you just never know. After Q1, I was just like, guys, let's not risk it. Let's just yeah. get out there and do our thing. Exactly. And, <coughs> yep. yep. And it still was a little topsy-turvy. Not as topsy-turvy as Q3, though. No, Q3. not as topsy-turvy. But Lando, he, Lando, here's my thing. Lando's so proud of him this this week. And he does seem to do really well at Monaco, but he was on it. Like he was he doing was. so good. And so in Q2, he grazed the barrier. <laughs> he was like, and I was like, they kept, no! they kept taking, they kept taking like measurements. Like that car was 24 centimeters. That one was yeah. 14 centimeters away. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that oh. one was a 14. That one hit it. <laughs> he, kissed, he kissed that barrier. He kissed that but, one. <laughs> The good thing was, because I was like, no, this can't be happening to Lando. Like, he's been doing so good. But then he was able to get back to the pits, um, and his time was actually good enough to go on to Q3. So he wasn't out, and that team had to work a miracle, and they totally I did. Know. So major props to the McLaren mechanics. Amazing. Because they got him out, not right at the start of Q3, but at that point, who cares if you even start 10th? That's good. But they did get him out. So huge, huge props to Lando's team. Um, But very quickly, out in Q2, 
was Botas, Nick DeVries, Alex Albon, Stroll, who had a rough weekend, and then Piastri was out by two hundredths of a second. So isn't that crazy? Two hundredths of a second. Two hundredths of a second. And, and McLaren then- had something on Twitter about that. I think it was where they put in how close they put like a picture that showed how many seconds they had and like how we went out and then when he went back in just how much time it was so close and when he took came out in q2 and then to be able to make it back into q3 yeah the timing it was it's pretty pretty miraculous how quickly this team worked insane a couple times f1 tv um cut to them in in his pit and they like they were working furiously to get that done so huge props It it was pretty amazing but Q3, especially the end of Q3, oh my gosh. So Ocon, lap of a lifetime for him. He was at the top for a few seconds. <sighs> but I literally, because I have really become an Ocon fan this year, I really like him. Um, I think personally, he seems very cool. And I literally jumped off my couch. Jumped off. I screamed and jumped off the couch and i they posted the alpine posted something about him getting third and i i just mentioned that and they replied and they're like we love the passion <laughs> like yes i was, I was so, so excited, excited. yeah but I then was so charles excited. came through and charles at the top and honestly to be 100 percent honest i was like please do not take pole he's been on pole the last two years did not finish the first year. Last year, Ferrari screwed him over with the strategy. I was like, just not pull, just not pull. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Charles, but I had to do it. Then Fernando came through. And I was like, yes, Fernando. Yeah. I was so excited. And then he was holding it. He was holding it. I feel like the whole world, though, rejoiced. Like, do uh, you yeah, not feel absolutely. like there was a collective, yes. like, cheer yes. for the entire world? And, and then it was just like, it was such a good time, too. And then Max comes out, and I saw this thing that F1 did. It showed the two overlaid the cars. And, like, yeah. he was just like, it, it, it was like, oh, and they, the commentators, he's not doing well. He's come out hard. He, like, kissed the wall. I'm like, oh, yes. And I'm like, he's going to pull it off. He's going to pull it off. <laughs> he's just going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to, he's like, and then he did it. I was like. And see, I'm not going to cuss because I want to, because I did. I did a lot. I did a lot. I was like, of course, my partner, he's over there. Yes, Max. I'm like, fight me. Like, oh, you follow F1 like I do. Yeah. Exactly. No. So, yeah, Max ended up on pole. But it was like, it didn't even stop there, the drama for qualifying, because after the, well actually like right after they finished that's when we saw where Charles was under investigation for impeding yeah. lando in the tunnel and yes. we find out shortly after the race that Charles got a three draw a three grid place penalty so he started in sixth place that moved ocon up to third carlos to fourth and lewis to fifth but my first thought very first thought was what did Javi not say to Charles? We know, so Javi, if you're not aware, is Charles' engineer. They have had many instances where they've shared um, Car- uh, Charles' radio where he has been frustrated with Javi because Javi has not told him that there's traffic coming up behind him 
or what have you. And you could, in previous races, you could hear Charles and not necessarily the race. Sometimes it's in qualifying or whatever, but he is, you could hear the frustration in his voice. Like Javi, you have to tell me, you have to communicate with me. This morning I heard the radio because I was like, and there was, I didn't see anything coming from Charles because I'm sure he probably didn't want to throw Javi under the bus. But my first thought was Javi never told him. Javi did not say anything. This morning I hear the radio. As Charles is going through the tunnel, Javi is talking and he's talking and he's talking and he's like, you're P2 and giving him data and Max is on a fast lap, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you see Lando come up beside him. No mention at all. So what is that pit wall doing that they are not noticing that there's another driver coming up on a fast lap because as good as Lando did, he could have been higher. He was Mm -hmm. on a fast lap and nothing. So because and it was of like, air. oh, well, because of GPS and because of Monaco, it's like, yeah, but they were, you could tell that he was coming into the tunnel. You can right. see that. And but it's you also know, the race drivers. isn't over. Like, Charles may have crossed the line, but there's other drivers still going. So yeah. I do get the GPS thing. That's a very good point. But I just feel like, and yes, Charles well, that's where you need to be extra cautious then. You know where the dead areas are and you know right. he's in a tunnel and someone's coming into the tunnel. That's when you need to be more cautious. Yeah. I just, I felt terrible because I felt like once again, the team screws over Charles mm-hmm. and to, to come back from sixth, is that where he finished? Did they finish sixth and eighth? Uh, let's see. Sixth and seventh. Sixth and seventh. Okay. Yeah, so he started there and Oh no, there. sorry, sorry, sorry. That's the driver standings. I'm sorry, that's driver oh. standings. There's six oh, and seven right seven now. The driver standings. What the hell? Yeah. Sorry, I'm a potty mouth today. <laughs> <laughs> it was intense, people. I'm telling you. What's up with you? That's not your norm. Oh my gosh. This, Charles this is six and Carlos is eighth. You're right. Six yeah, okay, six and eight. That's what I thought. Criminy. All right. Well. Listen, on to the race because that's good. What I think it's so interesting is we for, started, Earl, is it 40 minutes? We're all right. It's so much <laughs> We're doing stuff. good though for 40, I know for 40 minutes. But okay, here's my thing. We started the same order, starting order. Max, Alonzo, Ocon. That's how it finished. But everything in between is not as simple as it sounds. No. <laughs> like, no. Especially after the rain. But on that first lap, that hairpin turn, all those people in the back, it was like they were at a dead stop and they were all like bumping into each other. There was so much. And then there was like so much. Oh, can you do that? Can they do that? Like, you know how you're supposed to play, do this. Come on. You know what the rules are. Like, oh my gosh. Yep. They were. But because of all that little bumping, Stroll ended up with a puncture. So that just started off his sergeant was hit by a Haas. They were all over the place and aggressive today. Perez went in. Um, Hulkenberg went in. Joe went in. Like, <laughs> that's like five or six cars, right? Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Five or six cars went in straight away after the first lap because of all of that stuff that was happening in the back. I mean, yep. and they, and remember from last week, that is the slowest corner in all of F1 
They're going exactly. 27 miles an hour, but they weren't even going 27. They were like three miles an hour, all stopped right there and, trying to get around that. And the commentators are like, oh, there's such, there's bigger cars now and they're heavy cars. Yeah. And they know that and there's a lot of cars that so they need, yeah. you know, they're all trying to get, you know, get their position. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something's got to give. Something's got to give, or, or it's going to be all. It's either all or none at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there was a lot of aggressiveness um, just throughout the race. Like for sure, Haas. Like it was drama city for them. I feel oh, yeah. like they were super aggressive in a lot of ways. They had a lot of contact with other cars. Hulkenberg got a five second penalty for causing an incident. I think it was on that first lap, and then he got another five second penalty because he didn't serve the the penalty properly <laughs> like so we had st- a lot I, don't know, of he, I don't know how he ended up like he ended up finishing above logan still i don't know how and because magnuson did not finish but hulkenberg uh, H- still finished above uh above sergeant that's interesting because i feel like he was in a lot of things k mag was also very aggressive like you know he overtook sergeant kind of in a very aggressive manner i think he had a little bump with Sergeant prior to actually getting around him. Like that was his second attempt when he got around him. Um, when it started raining, uh, okay. They say that Monaco is, is slippery to begin with, but then when that rain came down and those cars were on those um, slicks, not good. So K-Mag was kind of like slipping and sliding. Oh, yeah. And, and he waited forever like, to put, he waited forever to go and put on the intermediates. Like what was that yep. with that? Like, it's like, he just stayed on the slicks. So like, and I have no idea why, because he was losing it. And then he was so close to the pits and he went into the wall. And so he was able to make it in and he got new tires, but the crew, they were not ready for the the front wing. So they're doing the tires. And then you see one of the pit guys running over to the side to grab a wing and bring it back. And it takes time to put those on. I mean, they weren't fighting yeah. for the lead or anything, but still. No. Like, but it's still unacceptable. They knew the wing was damaged. I mean, the second you saw that with you saw that with Red Bull, you saw that with Ferrari. The second back Ferrari had to take it out, put it up, take it back out again. But as soon as the wing is damaged, you see the pit crew immediately go grab it, go stand in position and wait. Like yeah. And the only thing I think is because it happened so close to the pit entry that maybe they didn't realize. But be prepared, people. Like, where's the communication? There's none. And then they put the full wets on his car, so. I didn't, did we talk about this last week? The full wet? I know I did a video for it before Imola because the full wet tires are now different. They do not have the heated blankets anymore. So they, they supposedly, I can't say they go on cold because they supposedly heat up very quickly, but on that very first turn, um, K-Mag kind of went real deep. Well, so, yeah. yeah. In fact, when we talked about the tires, we did our tire segment. We didn't talk about the heaters. We didn't talk about how they use heated blankets. And right. so we didn't talk about that, that difference that the, the full wets don't have the heated blankets. Well, not anymore. So that's new. They, that was okay. just going into place. For to change. Okay. Yeah. Emily, so okay. the changes that were going in into um, effect in Imola, which never happened was they, gotcha. the, cars um the teams only have 11 tires instead of 13 to choose from throughout the weekend so they eliminated two sets of tires and then these wet tires um are no blankets it's part of their sustainability as part of it um so yeah they just go on and in testing 
they said that the tires retained heat better than when they had the blankets. But I don't know. I mean, Kevin went off, but he also went off in that area several times during the weekend. So maybe he went way off. He could think of like the big 18 wheeler, like you know, skid areas. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He did. He did go way off. So, and you said he didn't finish. Do I don't think I realized he didn't finish. And mar he's marked as a do not finish. He only did 70 uh, laps. He didn't. Oh, do, yeah. he did. He yeah, blocked it out. I didn't yeah, so Lance said 53, he did 70, and then there's a handful that did 76. So they were lapped twice, started with Yuki, uh, Yuki, oh, yeah. uh, Checo, Nico, and Logan, and then everyone else did the full. Yeah, Max was lapping. Actually, not everybody else. There's a couple that did only 77, and then Carlos and Up did the full 78. Okay, yeah. Um, Max was lapping people by lap 30, so <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Um, but Sergeant, we talked about him. So he totally, he just struggled. Um, I think at one point, I, I don't know if it was tire degradation. I don't remember if he started on a medium or what tire he was on. Well, he went into the pits at the beginning. So I don't know if they put him on a hard or what, but at, at one point, well, we know K-Mag got past him because I talked about that. And then right away, it was like Stroll past him and then Perez passed him. Um, what else? When it started raining, he hit the wall, but he was able to keep going. And then the poor guy got a penalty for speeding in the pits. So just not his day. Not his day at all. And I don't really know, like, where did Albon finish up? Towards the bottom, I think. But I don't remember seeing a whole lot with Albon in this race. Albon finished 14th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just not, I guess not poor for Checo. that. Poor Checo went five times in the pits. That does not surprise me. I thought uh, Checo had tire changes and, and I feel like the, for Aston Martin and for Red Bull, it was like a tale of two different races because exactly. you had like Max doing awesome. And then at the other end, like you just said, Checo, I mean, he was bounced around everywhere. He started last, he in the pits five times, and then Stroll doesn't even finish. He's bounced around all over the place. So for for those teams, it's like Two completely, completely different races. Um, but unlike them, which we'll get to them in a little bit more detail in a second, but McLaren, they both finished in the points. So I think that's a couple races in a row, maybe? I don't remember where they finished in Miami. Yeah, McLaren both finished in the points. Ferrari both finished points. Of course, Gasly got points this time. Yeah. But actually, Alpine both got points this time. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about them. Um, Yuki, oh, my little global treasure who finished second in Q1 or two qualifying. I don't even remember. Um, then he just, was doing pretty uh, good. Like he was, what, eighth, running eighth and then ninth. And then all of a sudden it, it started to rain and it's like he just lost his confidence. He just got. As soon as, he, as, soon as they, he got passed, they got pushed by Norris in 11th. And as soon as it's like, as soon as the commentator said, oh, he's been in this situation before when he said 11th, it was like, bam. Yeah. Knocked him. He's just like, that's. It it's almost like he hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> no. On that radio message, when I think the team was telling him to push, because they knew Lando was right on his, his tail end. And um, they were telling him to push, and Yuki's like, wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't, 
my dog started barking, so I didn't hear. He what said exactly something along. Yeah, he was something along the lines of, but uh, like he's trying. And they were talking about like he's such a comedian. You know the way he was responding that he's like kind of comical in the way he responds. But yeah, yeah, he was almost like I'm pushing as hard as I can, guys. It's not like I'm not trying. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's like I'm, yeah. I'm, I am. You know, like it, what, it what was tough out there. It was tough out there for all of them. I mean, you even saw Max kind of slipping. Like some of the bigger mm -hmm. names were slipping too. So I get it. But I think that DeVries had a fairly decent weekend. And I'm kind of hoping that he's showing the progress that they wanted to see. And also, since we didn't have Imola, I feel like the deadline, if that was true, that they were giving him until, you know, through Barcelona to show some progress. I'm hoping they give him at least another race <laughs> after that. But he, he held his own. And I think he only ended up finishing two spots down from, from Yuki. Um, and I mean, you over mean the weekend, he did all right. He made it to Q2, like for yeah. qualifying. So I, I'm hoping that they see, they're seeing some progress, but you know, at the same time, it's a, Monaco is a track that he should be very familiar with because he won F2, he's won Formula E and both of those race at that track. But again, very different, I think different cars, you know, F1 cars are very different from F2, obviously different from Formula E, but I'm hoping, hoping that, you know, he gets, buys him a little bit more time and we'll see how he does in Barcelona. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. That, yeah. It was interesting. Um, you got to see his more uh, animated self though, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like a little animation. Um, what else? Mercedes, like, again, we talked about them a little bit, but they did good. They finished fourth. They did. It was interesting, the strategy, though. I was, like, with hearing, you know, George pushing to try to go past Hamilton, and it was almost, you know, you didn't hear the radio, but it sounded like that, you know, Hamilton was uh, acquiescing for it, but then George wasn't able to finish past him. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because – George is, I mean, I think George is proving to be a good driver, a really good driver. You know, yeah. Hamilton's, you know, got the, the legacy of being a you know, multi-world champion. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, it makes me wonder how much longer Hamilton plans to stay in the sport if he continues to have, like, this lackluster car. And yeah. then you have these rumors, you know, and then you've got Max talking about how, oh, may he may choose to, you know, venture into other areas of motorsport. I don't know if Hamilton's ever considered that or, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just kind of I wonder. I don't know if I've ever heard him talk about going into other parts of motorsport because I think he's got so many other things going on, right? He's really involved in like, um, like that movie. And so he's got all these other things. I know he's invested in like a vegan um, restaurant. One just opened in New York. Um, he's got his uh, 44, his chair uh, foundation that he started. Yeah. So like he has, and probably a million other things in the works. Like, so I don't know if he would do that, but I don't know when he's going to say he's ready to, ready to stop. Like, yeah. I'm I think he still has that drive and it's kind of like Mercedes is, is for sure intent on bringing their car back to its traditional, like, status right they want to be at the top and i think he to me i feel like he'd be willing to stick with them give them his input as a seven-time world champion on you know how to make that car great and then let's see you know let's see what happens 
know. Maybe these recent changes, you know, both yeah. in the, the personnel and the re refocusing, maybe, maybe it'll, it'll have some turnaround. Yeah. And Russell, he had a five second penalty because of an unsafe rejoin. So when he came out That's of the a good pitch, point. But that didn't affect his standings at all. Who was behind him? Charles? No. I think Charles was like 11 Charles. seconds behind him. Okay. Yeah, because he, um, the difference is, yeah, he was, uh, Hamilton was plus 39 off the, off the uh, lead and George ends up with plus 56. So he would have been plus 51. So okay. without the penalty. And then Charles was plus 61. So he would have been instead of five seconds behind George, he would have been 10 seconds behind. So yeah. It okay. didn't affect anything. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it did. Cause I remember thinking Charles, Charles was about 11 seconds. So perfect. Yeah. Okay. So Ferrari, um, in my <laughs> don't notes, say, don't say, don't say your, what's your notes? Um, your initials I'm just going to say no. the initials. Um, in my notes, I put WTF because I don't know what is happening with this team, with their strategy. We talked about Charles and the miscommunication with Javi, or not even miscommunication, zero communication from Javi. Um, during qualification, um, qualification, that sounded weird. Qualifying. Um, <laughs> and so, I'm so like, almost like, what are, what are his qualifications right now? Cause like, what the <laughs> heck? but today seemed to be all about signs. Like he was, he wanted that podium. He's I think two times been on the podium, the last two races in Monaco, he wanted that podium. We both had him finishing on the podium in our predictions. I thought, um, I thought I was just, I just had this feeling he was going to push it. Like he just, the way he was showing and, and, and qualifying yeah. and just through his drive. I just, I just had this thing that he was going to. Well, and he was like at the, towards the very beginning, like he was very aggressive in trying to pass Ocon. And I, I kind of wish he would have held off a little bit because he ended up bumping into Ocon. Carlos broke off the front end of his wing plate. Um, what I thought was interesting is they opted to stay out. So it wasn't affecting his time um, in keeping up with Ocon. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but Carlos also was very much advocating for staying out. He's like, it's fine. Like, give me the data. I think it's fine. Um, and that is one thing I do like about Carlos is he, to me, he's like a mini Fernando where he, he will talk strategy. He knows what's going on. He's very good at that strategy while he's driving um, and telling his team like, nope, I'm staying out. I'm not, I'm not coming in right now. Let's, let's let today. it go and let's see what, what happens. So good for him. But then they pitted him and well, first they, they fake pitted him. So they were, <laughs> they were yeah. said, and, let's pit. They pitted and then another time they told him to pit and he says, no, I'm staying. And then when they told him to pit, it was just like, he was not happy. No, he was so mad. So after he was trying to come out of the pits, he wanted to get in front of Ocon. Ocon was having an amazing race, right? He did a brilliant drive, I think from Ocon and he passed him. He was, so signs came out behind Ocon and he was not happy. And I think you have that audio because yeah. I asked Claire to grab this because you can hear how mad he is. And I think these Ferrari drivers are over the BS with this team. They're over the strategy issues. And they're going to be more vocal about it. Exactly what I talked about. Exactly what I talked about. Slow intro. Hamilton 1.4 behind. The main target there was to cover Hamilton. Hamilton one second behind. I don't care about Hamilton. I was weak. 
Carlos Sainz Jr. is absolutely fuming with Ferrari's strategy. He is not happy that he's lost his best overtaking opportunity against Esteban Ocon. I think that gives us a... And, and again, like, why are you trying to cover Hamilton? Hamilton's kind of a non-issue. The person he's been trying to get past this entire race is Ocon. And, he and if you're ahead of Ocon, then you're past Hamilton. I mean, like the, the, the two are covered at that point. So. Exactly. So I, I don't get what is happening. And there was another conversation after that. I think you could hear it better than me, um, where he was, Carlos was asking about Charles or the pace of the car yeah, the pace of the pace of charles i can play that and it was he was asking charles's pace and he was arguing that what he thought it was and then he makes reference to the incident from from that got charles's penalty yeah so there's this one okay they eliminated that opportunity what is charles pace charles left the 75 in for you i was with 65. carlos signs last year debating the strategy with the team on the radio and it led to the awkward double stacking moment where it was the angriest we've ever heard Charles Leclerc on the radio because he lost his chance of winning his home race one year later operationally questions posed for Ferrari Charles Leclerc not told of Lando Norris directly behind him in the tunnel yesterday Carlos signs openly he knows the world is hearing that radio message when he presses the button yep and that's the thing is they are being more vocal. So after Miami, Charles was was very kind of open about how he and Carlos had talked and they said there's major issues issues with this car. They need to figure it out. Carlos was then asked about it in Miami and the uh you know, you could tell he was he will play things close to the vest. I he's not going to say anything against his team publicly and they said, "Well, Charles already told us that you two talked." And he was like, "Oh, you did?" And, and just like the commentator said, he knows when he hits this button that people are going to hear this. And it's not just us, the other teams, the pit walls, they hear what is, is being said from the other teams. And um, just, I mean, it's ridiculous. And they ended up doing a double stack when they switched tires to the rain tires today. So mm -hmm. they called Charles in first. So they were kind of actually, Carlos looked like he was trying to get ahead of Charles because they were one, two, yep. each other. And Charles went in first, and Carlos had to come in because they were sliding all over the place. That's what he was asking. It's like, what is Charles's pace? Seventy-five. He goes, well, mine's sixty-five. Like, yeah. Why? Why are you? You know, why are you stacking us that way? Because I have a faster pace. Like, yeah. what, What's going on here? Yeah. It. It. Ugh. I feel like, and this is my team, so I hate to say it, but I feel like somebody's on the take. Somebody's on the make on that. Um, is it the make or the take? Somebody's on the. the on the, the tape on that pit wall i think somebody has got it in for the team and i don't understand why it is absolutely awful and i kind of don't want to see all the formula one meme pages that i follow because they are actually keeping track of all the strategy issues that ferrari has this year and this is going to be added to it yep i'm so sad <laughs> because well, he should have been up there he should and he did have that little slide in the rain and he's very very lucky his car just kind of slowed up against that wall yeah. he didn't really hit it hard but he lost some more places there i mean it just went from bad to worse i, I know and i was just like i'm, I'm not even going to send you an exclamation point on that one because you, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll catch up to me and i'm just gonna be like yeah 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 it's it's so 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 sad so i i am sitting here and i get i 
follow Ferrari, I get their alerts. And I saw a little thing pop up that said, Charles talks about Monaco, but I haven't seen one that says Carlos does. And I missed the, the interviews afterwards. I think you might've watched, but I had to go out and water my plants before it got too hot. So I don't know. I mean, they have to go and talk, but I don't know if Carlos or Charles said anything. I I watched the three, the, the top three, and then okay. I, I got started getting ready for this. So I didn't go watch yeah. all of them. I'll probably, I'll probably go back, I'll go back and watch them. But very different, um, well, kind of different for Aston Martin, your team. Like I said, tale of two races. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's poor, <laughs> poor stroll. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was, you know, it was just like, you know, he, he's, it was so weird at the end too, because like when he hit at the end, it, the, even the people were, you know, the commentators were like, oh, it looks like he's having a little bit of an issue and it's looked like the grip. And then there wasn't anything else said. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you see is him walking down on the side of the docks. It's like, wait, what happened? He's out. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I feel like I would have just been like, you know, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Like he, he did hit and then his car, they thought it might be an idling issue because his yeah. car kind of like pushed him over to the opposite side and he kind of dinged that wall. I mean, they weren't major, major hits, but I, I, he probably was just like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> let's just, but, let's but, just be done. But yeah, I'm just, I, like, and I'm just so happy about Alonzo and he's just, he's just great with his positive attitude and just saying, you know, look where we're at and, you know, look, we got P2, and then his team even said, hey, and, you know, P1 is next. And yeah, so, like I had to be bold because we told everybody last week and I, I, I called it out. Like, if we get P1 at Barcelona, then I yep. will get a tattoo. In fact, I'm going to try to come up with a couple of designs that um, will have everybody, you know, people are willing to vote, you know, so they can vote on which one it would be. Yeah. I boldly put it out on the on their Instagram. Yes. So it's out there. I can't back out it's so awesome. And I about fell over when I heard them say, you know, next is victory. And we're like, oh, Barcelona victory. Yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he could not. Oh, there's a cute little quail walking in my yard. Um, and they said it would be the oldest driver on the podium since Monica. Monaco is that they said since 1917. That's yes. so mind blowing because back then it was not even F1, it was just more Grand Grand Prix. That's what it right. was called because it wasn't uh, F1, I think, until the 1930s. Yeah. Um, so that and that's really fascinating. It's incredible. And this was his first start on the front row at Monaco since 2007. My daughter was seven. Now she <laughs> now she's grown adult out of college. That's how long this man. Is, I mean, he's been in the sport longer, but it's like that's the time frame of like she would have been in second grade and now she's a grown adult with an actual job out of college like it's crazy but he could not have done anything different he was fabulous absolutely fabulous today Always. yeah and, and i love that when he came out of um q3 he's like you know I pushed it as hard as i could it was you know like he's like he like pushed it really hard. He pushed it hard, man. One minute yeah. eleven. That was amazing. Incredible. That shows you how close that car is, man. Like yeah. wow, it's so close. So yeah. it's the second. It's truly the second fastest car on the grid. It's which so. is amazing. And I think like all season so far, when I see pictures of the team, whether it's the pit crews or you know just the team as a whole, like when they get together for the ceremony or even 
when they've shown a couple things back at their um, offices, you can just tell like the culture looks amazing. I mean, everybody loves it when you're winning, right? Like, but they have been through some tough times. And I think they said that a couple of years ago, like Aston Martin, like they were looking at laying off, like administration didn't have a job and now look where they are. So they've been through yeah. some tough times, but now like the joy on everybody's face at that, at that team is amazing. I, I love, love the new the new t-shirt line is him holding his arms up. It's always so. I love it. I said, I, I is that the one for? Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I try to buy everything on sale, but that one I might have to buy full price. I know. Well, believe me, I thought about getting one for Barcelona, but I was like, it would never get here in time. But so maybe while we're there, we'll I'm see. I'm seeing the trend here. I might have to call this a tale of two, Monaco and the tale of two. <laughs> Name of this episode, because <laughs> here's another tale of two. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the Red Bull. Perez. Oh. I mean, what? <laughs> Well, we did talk about him a little bit, but like starting at the back and then getting bumped around and you said five pit stops, like I mean, five pit stops. stop for him. And then Max wins by like 20 something seconds. And still to move up that many spots. I mean, How many from, spots did he move up? He moved up from um, 20th to 16th. Ooh, that'll be kind of good for my fantasy team though, because you get points for moving up. <laughs> <laughs> now two two racers didn't finish, so I mean there's that, but still but we moved up four spots. So it's still that, that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's I just awesome. I feel bad for him. Yeah, um, yeah, that was definitely not the race you want to have. But you know what? Maybe then that means next week he comes back and he's like ready to get it. And then Max, like, what do we say day. about Max? Like Max won by how many seconds? Twenty something? Twenty six seconds? 27.9 yeah 27.9 seconds in monaco he was lapping the back of the pack 30 laps in like yay max wins again i'm kind of tired of hearing the dutch grand uh national anthem it's very beautiful don't get me wrong i just don't want to hear it anymore so <laughs> speaking of music i did like how that they were played the uh they were had the band playing yeah at the end that was really cool. i love that um, okay, but very quickly before we move on to like just a little bit beyond the grid, and then we're going to talk about Barcelona really fast. But Alpine, what a race! It was O'Connor. I'm starting a new word. It's O'Connor. He was amazing. He flawless all the way through, like Q3 on, like just incredible. But what I'm hoping is that they both finished in the points. Pierre finished what seventh? Yes. Okay, so third and seventh. I'm hoping that this takes a little bit of pressure off of Otmar and the rest of the team because as we talked about for the Miami race, their president of Alpine came out and was like, this is trash, everything's trash. We are not doing well. People need to step it up or basically people are going to get fired. Not the drivers, but for sure team principal, maybe some other spots. So um, Ocon even had a really, really slow pit stop stop towards the beginning it was 4.2 seconds and as he started to pull away one of the crew members was just like visibly shaking his head like he was mad because 4.2 seconds is a lot of time yeah. um monaco is kind of a short you don't lose as much time in a pit stop but when it's 4.2 seconds you sure as heck do um and he still finished third so good job alpine way to go. they have 35 points which is um 
double more just one point more than double McLaren. Wow. And they're in fifth. Um Mercedes is one point behind Aston Martin, by the way. Oh, they're get they're gonna be neck and neck for second place. And see, we talk about like Mercedes, oh, they're doing so bad. They're freaking fighting for second place in the constructor. That is not that bad. And that Alpine drivers bad. are ninth and tenth right now in the standings. Could you imagine it's, if they had finished in Australia? Because they were both Red in line Bull, for points. Yes, Red Bull, Red Bull, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Mercedes, Ferrari, Ferrari, Aston Martin, Alpine, Alpine. Wow. Those are the drivers. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. That is incredible. Oh, one more stat for, for Max. He now has 39 wins with Red Bull. That puts him ahead of Seb's record at Red Bull. He had 38. So they were tied after Miami. So beyond the grid in Monaco, there was that celebrity football match. Um, kind of talked about that. So Charles, Pierre, Carlos played um, a couple of like reserve drivers or academy drivers. Um, <laughs> the pictures that were going around. Me- in the memes. This, oh my gosh. Oh, it was hysterical. Poor, poor Charles got tripped. Some people say Pierre did it, even though they were on the same team. But Pierre says, no, it wasn't him. Um, but the picture that everybody captured was basically it looked like Charles was on his face. Yep. Um, uh, Carlos had a quad, a quad injury. Yeah, so he I said somebody that. bumped into him. But on Thursday, he was walking with an umbrella, like a tall umbrella. So possibly using it as like a little cane. Um and he was limping, according to a photographer um, there. So that was kind of interesting. I feel so bad. I I meant to send you so many pictures um, because like Louis, Esteban, and Pierre were all at um, Cannes. Esteban's mom. Oh, my gosh. This is why I should live in France because French women are freaking beautiful. I first you, was like, that's not did his Did you girlfriend. go find the picture? Did you go find the picture of... of no, did you go find the picture of Fernando's dad? Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think we had the same impression. But maybe, maybe I don't know what Esteban's mom's situation is, but maybe um, her and uh, <laughs> Fernando's dad. <laughs> <laughs> we could set them up. I, I don't think it's bad for his age. She's, she's probably married. But I will be putting, so usually on Monday mornings, I do like a little fashion recap of my favorite fashions. And I am going to put like Louis and Esteban and Pierre. They all just looked amazing at Cannes. Um, and I have a confession to make also. Um, and I go back and forth on this, but my confession is um, Danny Rick is making me like Max. There, I said it. I said it off the track. Um, I don't think I still like him on the track, but I think off the track. Off the track, yeah. He's making me more likable. He is. Yeah. He is. They laugh like schoolgirls. They they giggle and they have so much fun. And they were talking. I saw another video of them and they were saying something about we should have our initials. And Max is like, it could be M and D. And Danny's like, DM. And Max goes, DM me. And like, they're just so cute together. I get I get that off the track. If you could just keep that like. Not be such a jerk on the track. That'd be that'd be good. Yeah. I mean, Danny's working on him. That's where I struggle. But yeah, they. I think they realize, like Red Bull realizes, Danny is so amazing, and they obviously get along very well. So they are pushing that media out there. So yeah, very fun, very fun. Right, Barcelona next week. 
Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. So we'll be there. Like I said, sorry, not sorry for all the content that we're going to be bringing you. We'll probably mostly do it on our Instagram page because I don't know if we'll have time to do TikToks. I don't, I'm, yeah, TikToks. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. So follow us on there if you're not following us. Um, but here's the, <laughs> the breakdown for the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalonia. It's a lot of these drivers are very, very familiar with this track because the last few years they've gone to, is it Abu Dhabi? I don't know. They've gone to the Middle East for practice. They used to always go to Barcelona for practice. So for most of these drivers, they're very, very used to this, this track. So they know how that track, what they need to do. So, um, that I thought was kind of cool. There's 66 laps, two DRS zones. It's a very good mix of high and low speed corners. The final corner, which is where we are going to be sitting, they've removed the chicane there. So it's not going to slow them down. It's going to be another high fast corner as they're gunning down to um, the start finish line. So lots of speed in that corner where we're going to be sitting. Yes. <laughs> so I cannot wait for that. Um, F2 and F3 are also racing. And they're going to be doing a sprint um, style race. So that'll be kind of fun because there's some definitely some drivers that I want to watch. Um, obviously, Arthur Leclerc, Ollie Bierman, um, some of those like Ferrari drivers. I think that's going to be really, really fun um, to watch some of that stuff. So excited about that. And it's a home race for Carlos and, and Fernando. And Fernando. So yay, two of my favorites. And then... Gosh, who knows with Alpine, um, hopefully they can translate. I would love to see them get up there. And again, if Fernando, if wins, Fernando wins, it's right here, right here. That's where getting the tattoo. That's the spot. And then it'll be always seen. Like, is it, if I ever short sleeves, I've got the spot right here. Because yes. it's like right below, right below that tattoo. Right I here, love it. Right above this tattoo, because i got one here. i got a spot right here. So you're going to work on some designs later this week. We'll put them up. We don't want to jinx anything or anything like that. We're manifesting, not jinxing. And um, so we'll put those up and I'm really. I mentioned it. I mentioned it to someone at work and they're like, oh, I'm manifesting it now too. <laughs> <laughs> same. Actually, one of our listeners said the same. She sent a message and said, I'm manifesting for Fernando. So maybe that's what, what it is. Today he got second. Next week it's first. The whole city will go nuts if he wins. I mean, absolutely crazy. So, yeah, I can't wait. We better okay. start Googling tattoo parlors in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you will be here in um, like a day. 36 hours. Yay. I know. I've got so much stuff to do. I got to get moving. But uh, Me too. Yeah. All right, we're going to work on the name of this and to get it ready to go. And I will see you in 36 hours. Yes. All right. Next week, Barcelona. Good to see everyone. Thanks for coming along on the, the longest ride. But we always, as always, we appreciate everybody. <laughs> see you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.